0: Welcome to Mormon Book Reviews or an Evangelical Encounters the Restoration. I'm your host Stephen Pategger, but this is actually a segment of Mormon Media Reviews in which I have conversations with other podcasters, and I think many of you are probably familiar with this dude, my <laughs> homie David <laughs> Snell of Saints Unscripted. How are you doing, sir?
1: I'm great. How are you, Steve?
0: Ah, uh, doing great. Now, I I go all the way back. I go back to Three Mormons Days while watching you guys and all that, and I I I really appreciate. What you guys do, because you obviously your 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 program's geared more towards the youth. And I just found uh but also what I like about your program is you're not afraid to engage Mormon history mm. and talk about that thing. And so you 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 delve into topics that I dealt with. But before we talk about the program, which I'm a fanboy of, <laughs> I also want to hear I, I just want David um to tell a little bit about his background, like uh, t- t- what makes you tick? Uh, were you born in the covenant? Where did you serve your mission? All those good stuff. We'll talk about that. And then we're going to talk about the podcast.
1: Sure. Sounds great. And and I apologize if my voice is a little raspy, I'm getting over a bug or something. We're all uh,
0: getting over something. It's we're all-, all
1: getting over it. Yep. So um, boy, well, I was born in Salt Lake in the covenant, um, but we quickly moved. I don't remember living in Salt Lake. We moved to California. I have a few memories from there, but most of um my youth was spent in a little town called Hermiston, Oregon, which is in northeastern Oregon, just a little farming community, um up next to the Columbia River. And uh, uh, my parents have always been faithful Latter Day Saints, um so I grew up in, in the church. Um, it was a, it, it was a minority religion where I grew up. I imagine that most people were Protestant, um, or, or non-affiliated. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I didn't really think much of that at the time, just because those were the waters that I was swimming in. I kind of miss it a little bit. I've been in Utah now for, uh, I don't know, a decade. Um, and I kind of miss more of that diversity yeah a lot of interesting conversations with with people from different backgrounds but uh so i grew up there i um served a mission back in 2010 um i served in chihuahua mexico which i had no idea that was real place when i opened my mission call but it is (laughs) um and got back in 2012 um went to school at byu Got a degree in communications, uh, got married to my wonderful wife. We have uh, a two-year-old son now, and uh, that's that's the nutshell version. Did I miss anything? Anything you were interested in?
0: Uh, well, I think one of the things you alluded to, and it's interesting because you you know you know what a very faithful Mormon told me. He said, uh, you know, one of the reasons I was back out east, and one of the reasons we didn't move back to Utah is there's too many Mormons there. He said we had to move to New Mexico. He's a faithful word. And so it's a fun. Uh, People say, yeah, that's one thing with Utah. There's too many Mormons there, but that's a joke. Of course,
1: I love all you. But no, I get it. I get it, though. I get it.
0: (laughs) And uh but but you said that uh, so you're in Oregon. Okay. Yeah, and you said like a majority of people see, Oregon is actually probably one of the most secular states in America in many mm-hmm. ways. You know, they're they doing assisted suicide in the nineteen nineties, right? You know, I mean, so th- this is like you know, euthanasia and all that. And I remember when all went down. So here you have a very secular society, but also Protestant in the sense that there's there's a handful of Protestants. Did you actually have any like uh, you know, engagements with evangelicals growing up? And, and if you did, what what kind of were the positive? were they negative maybe just talk a little bit about that
1: yeah so uh so i i'm from eastern oregon eastern oregon is very different from western oregon i have yeah. to say there are some people who think that eastern washington and eastern oregon should have their own state and and western washington western oregon should have their own but uh so so we were more um I, it's a more conservative area um but yeah i would have i would have interactions with evangelicals I don't know that they would necessarily say, Hey, I'm an evangelical, but you know, other Christians, right. Um, pretty often. I, I mean, I was, uh, I tried to be a a faithful Latter-day Saint and I would talk about my faith a lot and I would be like the weird guy that, you know, wouldn't watch rated R movies or, or, you know, had a problem when people were swearing around me and things like that. Um, so that, that opened up a lot of conversations. Um, most of them were, were fine. Um, they didn't get particularly deep because, you know, when you're in high school, theology is kind of beyond you a lot of the time, uh, beyond me and beyond, you know, the other Protestants there. Um, but yeah, I mean, most of my friends were, were not members of the church and, uh, and we got along fine. Um, yeah, I, I, I had a I really appreciated being raised in a community where I could have those kind of diverse interactions. So it was good.
0: Good. That's cool. That's awesome. And it helps inform you. And now also when you're on your mission field field in Mexico, um, did you primarily encounter Catholics or did you also maybe run into the Pentecostals and those types down there?
1: Um, Catholics definitely were the majority down there. There was kind of a a non-Catholic Christian... um, kind of uh it was becoming more popular in that area um but yeah mostly catholics
0: okay all right well that is so cool thanks for giving us a little background and i always love when there's intersections when worlds collide if you will and we have yeah. these interactions with each other and i think that's good because this what you and i are doing is really important is to have to build these bridges and and, and have conversations and also say hey this is where i disagree with you and this is where yeah. I agree with you. And have it have it that way, have a two-way conversation. And this is one thing I really like about Saints Unscripted is that it's it's you're engaging the modern youth. And this is the thing, and we've talked about this before. We are having we're losing a generation of youth, both evangelicals and the restoration, church of Jesus Christ, Latter Saints, we're having problems because millennials and younger kids they're they're dropping out, man. And 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 so I think you I, you guys, your group, saw the need to say, hey, these kids are on the internet, man. They're doing their research. You know, I had Aaron Ra, who's like one of the biggest atheists on YouTube, and he's currently doing a deconstruction of the Book of Mormon. I'm mm-hmm. like, your kids are going to learn about the Book of Mormon from Aaron Ra. So I think mm-hmm. it's important that we have these faithful voices also engaging a lot of these things. So Uh, I, would you say that, and we're going to kind of talk about your history with the program, but would you say that's kind of like the main emphasis of your channel is to engage the youth and say, listen, we're, we're going to, we're going to talk about the tough stuff.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I think that when I wasn't around when the channel first started, I came on later. Um, but I think that originally the idea was just that, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to be, it's hard to be a Christian and it's. Potentially even harder to be a Latter Day Saint because it's it's a minority within the realm of Christianity, right? Yes. Um, and so we wanted to provide a space for Latter Day Saints to one learn about their faith, but also be proud of of their faith and and gain some confidence in it, um, and, and not necessarily just always be on the defensive about it, because that's often what it is when you're growing up as a Latter Day Saint is you're being questioned. And, uh, and that can be hard Um, and it can make you, you know, be defensive in in general, kind of have a defensive attitude. Um, But we wanted a place where, where Latter-day Saints could come and and feel safe and entertained and have a good time and learn along the way. And so we saw that there was kind of a a gap there on social media that we wanted to fill. Um, Because frankly, if you want to learn more about the Latter-day Saint faith on YouTube, generally speaking, it's not a good place to do that. <laughs> yeah, I think the same could be said about social media in general, yeah. learning about any faith, really. Um, and so we wanted to provide maybe a little oasis there for people to come to. That's cool. And,
0: and, and actually, it was very informative to me because I tell people, you know, my engagement with the Restoration was through the scholarship and reading. And I, I tell you, I went the opposite direction. I, I went from the anti-Mormon literature to scholarly to faithful. And that includes faithful podcasts and youtubers and and i just i i, I you know I, I hopped on i started watching rod meldrum stuff i'm like i kind of like this rod guy he's a cool dude and he's been on my program and then i'm talking to i'm seeing these three mormons and they and we got these youths you know they're 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 on the show and they're talking and i thought okay this is cool you know of course back in the day you had quaku that's kind of where we, we got to know him uh brad whitback uh he's uh somebody i've been in, engaged with and and then of course you you you're very ubiquitous. Uh, you seem to like you've been there for a very long time, and I, I and and so I was just it was just very instructive and helpful to me to kind of get a glimpse of the culture, hmm. um, the Mormonese, if you will. I yeah. kind of learned that, so I'm able I'm conversant in Mormonese in, in some sense. And um, I, I I guess the question I have for you is just to give me a little background, like how in the world did you get tied up into this group. What did you, did you, did they come to you? Did you come to them? Were you just watching the program? And just talk a little about how you got on board this whole thing.
1: Yeah, so I, I had heard of it uh, before, but uh, long story short, I was in college. I was in the communications program and I went on an internship um, through BYU to New Zealand, uh, interning for the public affairs department of the church. Uh, And it was an awesome experience. And from there, I got connected to the uh, nonprofit organization that's associated with Saints Unscripted. And so after my internship, I started writing for them. And thus, when Saints Unscripted, when the time came for them to be looking for new hosts, because hosts go off, they, they finish college, and they move to different places around the country, things like that. They get jobs elsewhere. Uh, so when they were looking for new hosts, I was right there and they brought me on. And and here I am a few years later, several years later. I don't know how many years it's been now, but yeah, I'm I'm the old man <laughs> at, at this point among the hosts.
0: So, I mean, you, you lost track of the years, but roughly how many years have you been with the program?
1: Uh, let's see. I think it was about... Um, when I got married, which would have been uh five. F-
0: remember that date?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it would have been over five between between five and six years. Now. Wow, wow, is that is it? Is that really? That that sounds that might be off, but it, at least we'll say at least four years. We'll, okay, we'll I it think it's been there.
0: five, but yeah, that's probably well. has. <laughs> wow. Okay. And and so you said you started off as a writer. Yeah. Uh, what, what what kind of stuff were you doing as a writer?
1: So that there was a, at the time, there was an outlet called Mormon Hub. Um, Right now it's called Third Hour, but uh, it's not, there's not much content on there anymore. But back in the day, it was kind of like an LDS living type thing um, where I'd write about different, uh, just, just different different stories from different people or or different uh stories from church history or common questions that people have about you know seer stones or uh i wrote one about the granite mountain records vault which it it, once you know what it is it's it's frankly not particularly exciting (laughs) But it's kind of like a a clickbait type thing where you're like, oh, my gosh, the the Latter-day Saint Church has this vault in the mountains and nobody can go there and it can withstand the nuclear bomb and things like that. And so I just write things that capture people's interest and and, uh, taught them a little bit about, you know, maybe some things that they were less familiar with.
0: Oh, That's cool, you know. It reminds me, I was conversing with somebody who used to be with the RLDS's archives, and he's telling me, Yeah, there's this cave in Missouri that we hold have all of our records and books of worms Like, you yeah, know, next time I'm in independence, I got to get into that cave. <laughs> so, yeah, that's really cool. And of course, it makes sense, caves are like the perfect environment to uh store things. And so, I thought, Oh, I didn't know the uh, community of Christ also has a cave of records, and uh, I didn't kinda- know that. didn't know that either and uh so okay so and this is the thing i have a question for you is that how knowledgeable of mormon history were you when you Mm. first started this like because you guys are engaging these things which i find interesting how would you have you just been learning on the fly maybe explain that a little bit
1: so the short answer is yes Uh, i have largely been learning on the fly and that's the thing is like once you you serve a mission and you come home and you're like I'm an expert like i I know how to <laughs> teach this stuff. there's nothing left to learn. I've got it locked down and um and so once I was kind of thrown into this environment where uh i i I realized that I knew nothing, you know, or I knew very little um and so i I had joined the show, and we had come to realize that it's really hard to talk about you know, some of these tough topics in an intelligent manner, completely off the cuff, unscripted, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the idea came up, hey, let's have David start a segment of the show that is scripted, but uh, that addresses some of these tougher issues. And so that was the start of an incredible education for me. The last you know, three, four, five years have just been eye-opening um, in fantastic ways, um, and, and it's been just an incredible journey for me to to be able to learn about these things um, and, and just come to 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 realize how much there was that I didn't know. Because I think sometimes, you know, when you go to church your whole life. And you, you end up, you know, kind of hearing the same things, right? Which is great because that's what church is for, is for the basics, you know, faith, repentance, baptism, Jesus Christ, things like that. Um, and sometimes it can get a little boring after a while, you know, especially when you're a youth. But then when I came to realize that there was this whole other world of church history and scholarship and books, many of which are behind me, I was just like, holy cow, and, and and since then, I've just been soaking it up like a sponge. Okay. And uh, and cool. when it comes to the videos that uh, I help produce the the uh, faith and beliefs segment of Saints Unscripted, and and the faith and beliefs segment is the scripted segment of the show where there's just short videos talking about church history and difficult topics and and whatnot. Um, that. What you see in those videos, um, the information there is largely stuff that I have just recently learned about. Um, I try to be very thorough in my research because uh, i I don't want to leave stones unturned. Um, but I also try to be very open that I'm not, you know, this credentialed scholar that's, you know, writing these academic papers and, and whatnot. and And that's bad in one sense in that it probably hurts my credibility a little bit because, you know, you know, why should I listen to this random internet guy that, you know, doesn't have degrees to back up what he's saying. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think it's helpful in that. I think it it helps me to explain things in a way that normal people like me can understand. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the thing is like, I have to dumb it down for myself so I can understand because I don't have that academic background. Um, but then once I've done that, I think then it makes it a lot easier for other people to understand because I'm just explaining the way I'm understanding it as well. Okay. That makes
0: well, that's interesting. Now, let me ask you, uh, so you're engaging this material, you're reading things you hadn't heard before. What were some of those moments like, I did not know that, like maybe kind of shifted your perspective on things or just really kind of rocked your world or maybe just like wow that's really interesting just maybe talk a few examples like that
1: oh man there have been so many um i think that um the one that comes to mind is engaging with um don bradley's ah yeah research Mm uh he just blows my mind a little bit especially his you know his recent book about the lost pages of the book of mormon um obviously there's going to be a lot of speculation and whatnot in there but just some of the some of the parallels uh between the ancient israelite ark of the covenant and kind of the nephite ark of the covenant uh that that joseph smith you know comes upon i think a uh, a a parallel that i found really interesting was just this idea and this is something that joseph gets joseph smith gets criticized for a lot this idea that you know he has these this ancient metal record but he can't show it to anybody right and it's just like oh how convenient but don bradley ties this into the this idea that well as the ancient or uh, as the modern version of the ancient you know israelite high temple high priest you know you're the only one that can see those ancient temple relics you know anyways i'm explaining that poorly but it made sense and, and it was an eye-opening experience for me. Also looking at, um, you know, research by Hugh Nibley, looking at kind of some of the ancient uh, parallels to, to modern temple ordinances. Um, and, and he also gets a little bit speculative, I think, in some of his research. Um, But, but just some of the things that, that were produced there in that scholarship just opened my eyes and, and helped me see It it helped me see the more logical academic side of my faith um, that I didn't know was there. Mm. That was really cool for me to experience.
0: Now, for a lot of people who engage church history, sometimes it causes their shelves to break, but it Mm. sounds to me in one sense, your engagement with the history of your church has actually bolstered your faith
1: you know there were difficult moments of course and i i think that that's normal and natural and 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 part of it was coming to learn that that was normal and natural um but yeah there there were difficult moments i think a lot of it is is dependent on your paradigm um on the expectations that you have of your faith you know for example if you erroneously expect that Prophets aren't going to make any mistakes. You're going to have a lot more problems with church history than someone who is more accepting of, of that reality. Um, so, yeah, there, there there were tough moments. Um, and I'm sure there will probably will be tough moments in the future. I think that's just kind of the way faith goes. Um, I, I feel like a lot of people view doubt as kind of the antithesis to faith. Uh, My feeling is more that, that doubt and faith have to have to coexist together. There's this constant push and pull between the two. Um, And if you don't have, you know, any reason to doubt or any doubts or questions at all, you know, then maybe it is maybe you don't have faith, maybe, maybe you have knowledge, right. Um, But I think that having faith kind of implies uncertainty, right. Mm-hmm. I believe I firmly believe in these things. There's some uncertainty. I'm not letting that uncertainty drive the ship. I'm not letting it take control. but yeah, I think that an important part of faith is not having certainty and choosing to believe nonetheless
0: mm, yeah that's that's great. and you know it's it's so funny because I'm reminded you know people are learning about the history of their I look I had Thomas I had a meetup while back last summer, a couple meetups in, in Utah and you have you know, groups of people show up. And just out of the blue, I had this woman, she says, don't say anything, but I, I just want to let you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of yours and I'm Thomas Monson's niece. Hmm. And she says, I'm learning about my church history from your channel, Steve. Hmm. And I'm like, wow. And she just wanted to show up and just thank me. And she hung around for a little bit and then yeah, she left. I'm like, wow. And those connections are really important to me. And then I I get somebody who like might challenge me, like on Jeff McCullough's, when I appeared on Jeff McCullough's program, Hello Saints, and kind of did get an overview of some of the uh, different groups, the split offs and stuff in in Independence, Missouri. And I had somebody tell, oh, you're wrong about that. You're wrong about that. And I just sent him a a link to an interview I did with John Hamer. he said, well, I'm going to watch this. I'm going to comment on it. And I never heard back from him. I'm wondering okay, I want people to know the history. I look at it. the history of your church. That's your birthright. You have a right to know the story of your church. And you also should know what some of the criticisms are too. And I wonder, I never heard back from that guy. I'm like, oh man, I hope, I just, I want to talk to you because there's a lot of people who really think they know their stuff. And then when I say, well, well here's a link. And then, like, oh, that, it's, it's so important that I like, I look at it this way. I want to challenge your faith, but I want to, ch- I don't want to challenge your faith to undermine it or to weaken mm-hmm. it. I want to challenge your faith to strengthen it. Maybe mm-hmm. speak to that.
1: Yeah. I, I think that that's, um, I, I'm i more than happy to respectfully disagree with people. And and that's the thing is a lot of, a lot of history that I'm, I'm coming to realize that when it comes to a lot of these difficult topics related to, to Latter-day Saint history, People are looking at the exact same evidence and coming to different conclusions about it. And I've come to accept that. And I've come to accept that, that, that that's okay, that everybody's going to make their choice um, on how to interpret things. And, and I think that that's, that ambiguity is built into to the gospel, to the, the plan of salvation, in a sense. Uh, I think that... I don't think that people are going to be academically forced... To choose one way or the other, I don't think that that's the way God would want it to be. I think God would want us to choose him because that is what our heart desires. and that is those are the values and and goals that our hearts align with as opposed to being academically forced to accept the existence of God, et cetera. Um, and so when somebody, you know, comes to me with with difficult history and and they say, Look, this is the way I see it. Uh, sometimes I might be able to shed some more light on that with with various historical documents or arguments or whatever. But ultimately, if that's if if that's the way they're going to look at things, you know, that's that's their choice. And and you know, you wish them you wish them well, you wish them the best. But and that's another thing is I think a lot of people are challenged. I think a lot of Latter Day Saints are challenged um, when they watch our videos which are coming from a faithful perspective, right? But it's it's shedding light on maybe history that they weren't aware of before. Um, but my feeling is that I it, this information is out there anyway, and I would rather they hear it from a Latter-day Saint perspective and see kind of how faithful members approach these things, as opposed to learning about all of this stuff from critics who might be looking to you know, replace their faith with something else.
0: Okay, that's great. That's awesome. I'm glad we're ha- we ha- are having this conversation because it kind of intersects with a lot of what my channel does, and I think that's great. But I also one of the reasons I had you on was because I want to talk a little like background on this whole uh, three Mormons, and, the, and then we go to the Saints unscripted. Maybe talk a little bit about like what was it like to like they offer you to be a host. What was it like to do your first day of shooting were you nervous uh you're like i don't know what i'm doing, and oh my like, goodness why would you choose me i mean just tell me a little bit about what it was like to first start when it was three was of course back then it was called the three mormons maybe talk a little bit about about your early experiences with the program
1: yeah it was uh it it was good um I, of course there are some nerves starting off but i had come from a background in communications specifically uh it was uh my emphasis was in broadcast journalism and so I kind of become used to being in front of the camera a little bit, um, reading the news back in college on our little student, uh, news channel, 11 oh, cool. news at BYU. Um, so I was more used to that. I was less used to speaking, you know, unscripted off the cuff about things. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was fine. It, w- it was good. It was fun. Um, I I was I feel like I was a lot more relaxed and maybe funny um a few years ago I feel like being wrapped up in the faith and beliefs videos over the last few years and being involved in these very difficult topics and struggling with with um uh, other people with their faith and and answering questions and and things like that um I think it's made me more serious. <laughs> and of course I've gotten married and and have had, you know, we've got a kid now and, and I think there's some maturity that has developed over time. So I don't think I'm quite as, you know, loosey goosey and, and funny as I used to be. Um, so you might see more of that in the earlier videos, but uh, yeah, man, I'm trying to remember what it was like in, in those first couple of years, but uh, yeah, it was, it was good. So um, we gotta find
0: some old tapes of you doing the news program for BYU. I, I'd love to see I'd love to see. Oh, what, man. <laughs> yeah,
1: in, I, <laughs> I wonder where those are. Had to do my own makeup, learned how to do that. that was, oh wow. That was great. Well, also in high school, I was I was one of the drama drama club nerds. So I had to do my makeup there as well. But anyway, and, and it's interesting because i I'm, I'm really not I, I've learned that the more extroverted I've been. Um, having to be because of my job, uh, because of my involvement in Saints Unscripted, the more extroverted I've had to become, the more introverted I realize that I actually am, and uh, the more private I feel like I've become, and uh, and that's been an interesting experience. I'm really, uh, it's 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 weird because I've done a lot of public speaking in the past, like throughout my youth and into adulthood. Um, and I'm not, uh, this isn't me tooting my own horn, but like, I'm not bad at it, Mm -hmm. but I sure get anxious every time, every single time. I'm just, I'm, I'm petrified and and nervous and probably shaking and really. Yeah. And I wish I wasn't like cognitively. I know, like I'm going to be okay. I know what I'm going to say. It's going to be fine, but my body just reacts to that pressure that that uh that situation fairly negatively it's it's kind of a, a pain but uh you know i like doing it though it's weird it's interesting it doesn't make sense
0: huh so i i i do i i was talking to just fanboy it a little bit here you know uh i think my first in, one of my first introductions to like somebody who is pretty familiar to a lot of people would be Quaku. now of course you 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 don't really engage in talk to him that much anymore but what were your interactions with waku what was it like working with him
1: yeah it was it was fine um at the beginning there he's been off the show for a couple at least two at least two or three years now i think um doing his own own content um but it, it was fine i i'll say i didn't have the opportunity to get to know him on a super personal level um it was really just you know, when we got together to film. Um, but you know, he's a smart guy. Um, and, uh, uh, I I will say we learned, I think pretty quickly, I think we could agree on this, that we have pretty different personalities, um, and, and pretty different senses of humor. (laughs) I'll I'll state it that way. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Yeah. Okay. That's cool.
0: And, uh, just let me ask you uh, too. It's like, um, since you are now like a public person and you've been associated with this program and and this is your full-time gig, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay.
0: What's it like, like being like a public person and what kind of engagement do you get with your audience? Like, uh, you know, I get emails all the time from people, maybe like very positive, like it helped me with my faith or my shelf broke, and I'm trying to put the pieces back together. Maybe just talk about some of the interactions you get with your audience.
1: Yeah, um, it's that. That is probably one of my favorite parts of of what I get to do with these videos. Is uh, is are, uh, those one on one conversations with people? Um, I again, I'm a fairly private person, so I don't generally accept Facebook friend requests from people that I'm I'm not familiar with. Um, but I have a public Facebook page where I, I don't do a whole lot with it. I'm kind of shy about, you know, the self promotion thing. I'm not a huge fan of it. Um, but I have a public Facebook page so that people can reach out and, and we can have those conversations. And, um, and that's been awesome. I, I, we've kind of discovered that a lot of, um, missionaries, Latter-day Saint missionaries like our content, um, and so I get lots of messages from them with various questions and and maybe ideas that they want some feedback on and and things like that. Um, occasionally, I'll get people that will reach out with criticisms and whatnot, but generally that is kind of kept to the to the social media comments. It doesn't usually extend much further beyond there. But if you you know if you want to see the criticisms, you know just flip to the comment sections of. Any of our videos, and and it, they are abundant there.
0: Mm. Mm. Okay, so you're you're engaged in the marketplace of ideas. People are criticizing you. People are also using you as a as a resource. Um, one of the things I want to talk a little bit about, because you know, of course, this is the restoration and the evangelical stuff. You know that you actually have gotten to know a very good mutual friend of ours, uh, Jeff McCullough of mm-hmm. Hello Saints, and you've had him on. um what is your and 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 jeff jeff and i talk on the phone we're 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 good buds he gives me updates he has questions about things i'm able to kind of fill in him in on things um what's it been like engaging with jeff mccullough who's an evangelical pastor
1: yeah it's um jeff is great i mean we we've talked on the phone several times as well and we've had when he and his family were over uh in town in in utah we had him over for dinner and had a great time and his kids were playing Fortnite on on our Xbox and it, it was great. And, and it's 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 refreshing, I think would be the word for it. One, because it kind of reminds me of my um, my roots in Oregon a little bit where I was more of a religious minority. It's nice to be able to have those conversations again with people who who aren't a member of my faith you know? So it's fun to field those questions from Jeff when he has a question about a certain belief or, or cultural practice or whatever. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. Um, I I think that when it comes to, you know, people of different faiths producing content that, that kind of overlap a little bit, like in, in what I mean by that is he's creating content about my faith. And sometimes some of the content I create has to do with his faith a little bit. And uh, so I'm sure there are moments, you know, where he's seen my videos and and might have, they might have rubbed him the wrong way a little bit or something. Or like, uh, I don't know if that argument quite sits well with me. Um, and the same thing, vice versa, you know, sometimes I'll I'll see something in one of his videos that that you know, oh, maybe that's a little mischaracterization or or whatever it may be, and those things are going to happen as you're learning about you know someone else's faith. That's that's normal, um, but I will take any day of the week, you know, his approach over the the more critical approach. It, it, it's it's refreshing to me to see someone sincerely wanting to learn more and and understand uh, the latter day saint perspective, even if he doesn't agree with it. So it's, uh, it's been, it's been good. And, and again, I'll take that. I'll take uh, the, when it comes to those tough questions, those, those tough conversations, I'm happy to get to a point where we can still be friends and agree to dis- disagree on things. Like, I think that's so important. Like you and me, Steve, I'm sure we disagree on plenty of things. You're not a latter day saint, you know, I'm not an evangelical. But to be able to realize that there's more to life than that is really important. And to be able to have these conversations and say, hey, you know, I I see where you're coming from. Maybe I don't agree. Hopefully you can see where I'm coming from, even though you don't agree. Now let's go get some hot chocolate or something, you know, like I don't I love those kinds of interactions.
0: So let me ask you, what have you learned From Jeff, or even from me from evangelicals, maybe what 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 things have been instructive or helpful to you? Or I didn't know that, or that's a good point.
1: Um that's a good question. I think that uh hmm, let me think on that for a second. It it has been. I, I, I think sometimes as Latter-day Saints we have a bit of a um persecution complex which i think historically makes sense because that's kind of been (laughs) our history right um but it has been helpful to me to see that there are really great people out there who aren't members of our faith And, and that's never been something that i've doubted i again i grew up in a community where most people were not members of my faith and they were still great people um but it's been it's been refreshing and and great to learn that there are people um, who see value in you, even though they disagree with you. Um, and it's also been interesting to see, because I, I spend a lot of time looking at how people outside of our faith misunderstand our faith. So it's been interesting to see from Jeff's perspective, how sometimes latter-day saints misunderstand his evangelical faith and that was in our that was something that i asked him in in our interview that we did on our channel on saints unscripted you know what are some misconceptions that latter day saints have about your faith and so that's been um a a perspective that i haven't seen a lot of before that's been a lot of fun to see
0: well that's great i love hearing that kind of stuff and i um i'm I'm just i'm glad that you and, and jeff have been able to connect you know i i i I had him on my program early on when he was still just kind of a smallish channel and he was just getting started. And it's been a really wonderful relationship that I've been able to de- develop with Jeff too, because he is a minister, so he's accountable to a denominational board. So he's kind of you know part of a church bureaucracy himself. And it's just interesting because, like, I'm I, I I'm not I'm not answerable to anybody, so I can pretty much do or say anything I want and have a little fun with it. And 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 it's interesting because my friend Nathan Smith, he said, Steve, you. We were talking the other day, and he said, you 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 blur lines, Steve. And I said, yeah, yeah, I do. I blur lines. You're a line blurer. A line blurrer. But that's not necessarily a bad thing because I think in the in, when we have an us versus them mentality, look what it's done to us and our society and our culture. And, and 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 like I tell people, God showed me early on. He said, Steve, just remember those people on the other side of the street that are protesting against what you believe or whatever, they're also a fellow image bearer. And just remember, they're a fellow image bearer. And that's how I just say, man, we can't, we, we look, you, you wanna stand for your beliefs and principles, that's fine. But man, also remember that person is a fellow image bearer. And that's been very instructive to me.
1: Yeah, and and, and I'd add to that, it's, it's tough because, I feel like, generally speaking, this kind of content that we're we're trying to create right now, um, isn't as popular on you know the social media platforms because it's because people consume controversy. You know, mm-hmm. yep. I, I feel like they don't. A lot of people there there is an audience for it, right? And I think that Jeff is an example of someone who's finding that audience really well. There's an audience, um looking for kind of these interfaith uh conversations um but there are so many people out there that just want to see the debates you know Mm -hmm. they want to see us theologically slugging each other and uh and i think that that's so unfortunate because it's an opportunity missed um where there could be where there's contention there could have been understanding you know and And I would love to see more of that. And that's partially, that's why I appreciate your channel is uh, I, I, again, I don't agree with, you know, everything that you you say, but, uh, you, and you don't, you, you, you don't really have a dog in the fight. I feel like, um, and you're just looking to, to share information and learn things. Um, and I think that's great. And, And you're not hostile about it. Um, and that's just so important. There's so much hostility today. Uh, especially in the wild wild west of the internet um it's just so important that that we that we learn i mean i i just it's so frustrating because because so often we just we just act like children you know when mm. it comes to these conversations and we need to we need to grow up I, I i don't want that to sound super harsh but we need to you know have mature conversations and, and learn how to get along with each other uh because I, I just it's so much more important, I think, sometimes to love other people than to be right all the time. You know, when we think about the great commandments that Christ talks about in the New Testament, it, it's not be right all the time, it's right. you know, love each other. By this shall men know that you are my disciples, that you have love one for another. You know, mm-hmm. it's not it's not having the the perfect theology. There are things I'm a faithful Latter-day Saint. I'm willing to bet that I'm going to die one day and, and come before God. And he's going to be like, you know what? You got a couple things wrong, but let me set you right. And I'm going to have no problem with that. I'll be like, Oh, thank, thank you for correcting me. You know? But I think that as long as, you know, I I think it's, it's just more important to me to treat other people, how I think God would want me to treat them, you know, and I'm not perfect at that, but I think it's important that we try to, provide people tools to be able to do that
0: you know and this is the thing you know these christian apologists and they get into these debates and this this is the difference between what i'm doing what you're doing what jeff's doing and what the debaters are doing the problem with these apologists especially on my side okay is literally they're just going this 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 you never see Uh, the ball never moves it's you don't see any progress literally you just go back and we could go look at a debate from 5 10 15 20 years ago it's the same thing bunting heads bunting heads I tell people you know see us evangelicals like we're the main baddies to the restoration for like 200 years right and we've basically been just having the same arguments all along we haven't made any progress yet every time I have a Latter-day Saint on my program every time I have a critic come on my program we're it's it's better just let's just talk these things out let's hash them out let's have these conversations and you know what we're 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 making progress there are latter-day saints who said i oh wow you know that's interesting i didn't know that and then i have christians who you know at first sometimes they'll attack me but then they then, then they'll start oh i want to apologize steve i thought one thing but now i understand what you're doing you really do just want to talk and have conversations and evangelicals are learning about the church and like i said LDS folk are learning about their church history from the channel. And I thought this is what progress looks like is that people actually are learning things and it, and it's actually helping them in their faith journeys.
1: Yeah. And I, I think a lot of it has to do with, and, and and the last thing I want to do is be tooting my own horn here, right? right? right. Like I think we're all, we've all been in those contentious conversations and interactions. Um, oh, what was I going to say? Um it scares me oh that's okay old.
0: yeah i know this that happens to me all the time you were saying how uh you um you had said that uh oh darn i now i can't remember <laughs> we're, both old, <laughs> we're both getting old so you said you didn't want to toot your own horn and that you had talked about like how you are oh um, i remember
1: yeah, there we go yeah I, I i think that um a lot of these contentious you know things that we're talking about Uh, so much of the problem revolves around pride. Um, And I've found that it's, it's, it's so freeing to be able to just say, you know what? I don't know. I don't know the answer to your question. Uh, That's a really good question. I think I'll, I'll have to take some time to study that out and I'll get back to you, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's so hard when you're, you know, when you're set up in a debate with somebody the last thing you want to say is i don't know because it feels like you lost right mm-hmm. but when the when the goal is to love the other person as as you say as an image bearer of of god of deity uh it, it makes it a lot easier to say you know what i don't know let let me get back to you
0: you know and that that actually dovetails to something i've been telling people about too i said you know uh The some of the worst theology and some of the worst apologetics that ever happens is when these people um, give an answer to a question that the the right answer is, I don't know, but instead they give an answer. And that Mm -hmm. leads to bad theology and bad apologetics.
1: Yeah. And I think that that spans, you know, that happens in my faith, that happens in your faith, happens all over the place.
0: Absolutely. And so, yeah, that's the thing, like, you know, one of the things I've learned on my journey is how similar we really are like mm-hmm. how evangelical you guys are in the way you think and talk. And you it's like, you know, when I, when I sit in and I'm watching like Rob Meldrum t- chatting with some guests, I'm like, man, these sound just like people I grew up with. He sounds just like an uncle I had. And it's like, these people are very, very similar. And I think that's what makes the contentions between our two camps so So, so, so bad, if you will, is because we're so, so alike. And I tell people, I said, listen, April 6, 1830, all right, that church service was full of spirit-filled, born-again Christians, Bible-believing Christians, probably one of the most Christian church services happening in America that day.
1: Yep, it's true. It's true. It's interesting.
0: That's how I look at it. See, that's what I say. It's like, if you go back in time and you are engaging, I tell people there's two places we can engage the restoration, April 6th, 1830 building when you have the conversation in that room and there's another place we can have the conversation and that is within the pages of the book of mormon mm. it's a pentecostal yeah. book it's a protestant book it's a christian book
1: yeah well and thank you for saying that because I, and that's the thing is i feel like i i totally agree because we are we are much more similar i think than we like to realize and i think that because we're so similar i think both sides have have wanted historically to pull back a little bit and say no we're not like them Mm -hmm. no we're not like them we're we're different when in reality we're much closer than i think that that we like to recognize sometimes and that's another thing is you know when it comes to the book of mormon i feel like a lot of evangelical or protestant individuals um have this this instinct to say no we're not like that we don't agree with what that says without having read it right and then they read it and and like when i try and read the book of mormon from a protestant perspective other than the fact that it's not the bible it's like i I don't see a whole lot to complain about here you know like it's seems pretty christian to me
0: yeah Absolutely. And I don't know if you saw my presentation, a Protestant defense of the Book of Mormon, but I'm building on that presentation because I want to I want to share this story, this unique engagement that the text of the Book of Mormon has with my world, uh, the influences it had, because I, you know, if Joseph Smith is a conventional translator, he's a product of his time and place. Mm. And so maybe when he's transcribing King Benjamin's uh, sermon, he's also looking at it through the lens of attending a revival service in the 1820s a protestant revival service and that and that that informs his way of how he engages that text you know that's how i look at it we, it was a much more interesting way to look at the book of mormon than just it be the satanic bible
1: yeah yeah exactly i think about you know just a, a few weeks uh, before we're filming this right now um the the show the chosen came under fire yeah. because it appeared like it was referencing a verse from the Book of Mormon. It wasn't, uh, you know, Dallas Jenkins, the creator came out later and said, I've never read the Book of Mormon. Um, but it's just so interesting to me to see, you know, if there's any hint of overlap, it's bad, you know? And I've I've been so tempted to to, I've done a lot of satire in the past and I've been tempted to, you know, ju- I've been tempted to show just just how much overlap there is between the chosen and the Book of Mormon, but not the way you might expect, you know, for, uh, for example, the chosen portrays Jesus Christ as the son of God. So does the Book of Mormon. Ah, <laughs> shocking, you know, things like that, like Christ suffered for our sins. Oh, that's what the Book of Mormon teaches, you know, and Thanks. like, once you read it, you're like, okay, you know, maybe I don't believe that this is, this is, this is God's word. Maybe it's not the Bible, but like, the words on the page, they, 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 again, they seem pretty Christian.
0: Yeah, that's the thing, and that's what I love, and that's what I love. I actually, to, to me, when, and actually, I really want to get Dallas on my program to talk about his experiences because, you know, in one sense, what the Chosen is doing, and of course, on a much bigger, even bigger than Jeff. I mean, it's this huge thing. But I love it. It's so freaking awesome, dude. It's 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 being distributed by a Mormon uh, individuals who happen to be members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It's their company. Uh, for one of their seasons, they use the Jerusalem set of the church. And I tell people, I say, Oh, well, you see all those extras in the background for the chosen? Them all, the, them all the LDS folk. I'll say Mormon because they don't know what LDS means. That's how how the loop people are here." Um, I'm like, just think about that. You're being blessed by something, and there's all these Mormons on the screen as well. And I think that's cool,
1: yeah, but a lot of people say, no, 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 no. like can't, can't do it, can't do it. And I hate that, dude. I really
0: I find, see, that's the thing with these critics, you know, they just want to look for that one thing and they can pounce on it. And it's so counterproductive. I feel bad for those people because they're 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 just spending their whole lives being against mm. against something. And I'm like, man, we got to be for something too. That's the most important thing. Hey, you have your beliefs. That's fine. But I I tell people, you know, um, when they're and I've been instructing evangelicals. How do you engage Mormons? Because the people I say I got these missionaries coming. What do I say to them and all this kind of stuff? And I just say, listen. I said, whenever you're engaging the Latter Day Saint, I said it needs to be a two way conversation. I said, why don't you ask a Latter Day Saint what is your favorite Book of Mormon story,
1: hmm.
0: or why don't you ask a Latter Day Saint who is jesus to you what does jesus mean to you i said yeah. have that conversation yeah. and then guess what christian who thinks they know everything you're going to learn something hmm. and you know what you might even get blessed by them and i want that to happen to you because i i get blessed see i tell people said lds folk keep blessing me they they financially support my channel I have Christians, LDS, atheist people, but I'm going to receive those blessings from LDS folk. They're blessing me, I'm receiving it. I ain't going to resist it because I believe that when I'm being blessed, that's God. Hmm. Yeah. When you're being blessed, that's God.
1: Yeah. Amen. Yeah. I'm a I'm a firm believer in the fact that, you know, nobody has a a strict monopoly on truth, right? You know, even as a faithful Latter-day Saint, you know, we believe that we have, you know, the restored Church of Jesus Christ, but we don't have a monopoly on truth. And there is so much that you, Steve, have to offer me that I can learn from and benefit from, uh, you being an evangelical and me being a Latter-day Saint. Uh, That's, I went to, uh, several years ago when I was in college, I went to a Scientologist church meeting and there are things you can benefit from, you know, like uh, I don't, I don't agree with your beliefs, but I see some of the good you're doing here. I, you can go to a, a Jewish synagogue, find good things and and benefit from them. And that's one of the things that I love about um, just, I guess, religious freedom in general is that you have so many opportunities to explore these, these different beliefs and find the good, take that with you, take any good you can that you find, you know, you don't you don't uh, agree with Latter Day Saint beliefs. That's fine. Grab the good that you can, take it, incorporate mm-hmm. it into your life, and, and help it to allow it to build you into somebody that's more Christ-like at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, I, I remember I last year I was in an interview with Casey Griffiths, you know, and I was talking to him, and I was like, you know, one of the approaches that we need to take is so often evangelicals are looking for the devil, they're mm-hmm. looking for the devil, the the bad parts within engaging the other. They're looking for the bad. They're looking for the devil. I said, why don't you instead take a different approach? Look for the Jesus. Hmm. Look for that. That's the approach you Love should it. be taken, right? Yeah. And and that that can be very instructive as well. This is how you approach it. Look sure. at it completely differently, you know. And and I I want to I, I I do want to talk about something a future project that you and I are going to be working on. But I do want to ask you a question. Sure.
1: Uh, who who is Jesus to you? Jesus is my savior. He, he's, he's the man, right? He's, he's God. Uh, he's he's uh, the son of God. He's the, the creator of heaven and earth. He's the one who suffered for my sins, that uh, thus enabling me to repent uh, for the, the sins and mistakes that I've made. And uh, hopefully by his grace, one day return to, to be with him after this life. Ultimately, he's, he's the one who saves me from physical death, Uh, through his resurrection and spiritual death through his atonement that's the nutshell version
0: yeah (laughs) that's pretty cool dude you know what i'm gonna ask another question too sure i'm having fun here what's your favorite book of mormon story
1: (laughs) i oh man i am a sucker for the war stories Mm. maybe that's just the 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 testosterone in me i don't know but uh well i'll say this so so recently on saints unscripted we did a book of mormon reading challenge where we read the whole book of mormon in a few months and uh generally i don't read it that fast usually i slow down and and you know study topically as opposed to just going from beginning to end um but I guess overall, I would say that my favorite story from the Book of Mormon is the story of Jesus Christ and the testimony of Jesus Christ in there. And this was something that I I knew was there. It says it on the front cover. It's another testament of Jesus Christ. But I hadn't seen it in the same way until recently when I went through rather quickly and read the book from, from beginning to end. It's obsessed with Jesus. The book is obsessed with Jesus Christ and, and the message of Jesus Christ and the purpose of Jesus Christ. And uh, it, it just it, it doesn't, uh, I forgive the strong language, but it, it doesn't shut up about it. you know, the Book of Mormon is it's about Jesus Christ and uh, pairing that testimony from the Book of Mormon with the testimony of Christ from the Bible. To me, that they're, they're both very valuable and they come together and make just a, a really strong foundation um, for me as far as testimony in Christ goes. Um, so so I know that's not necessarily kind of the story you were looking for, but that's my general, uh, my broad answer. More specifically, I love the war chapters <laughs> and I love the uh the stories of the the defensive preparations that they make. Okay. Um specifically, I'm thinking of, pardon me. I'm thinking of, I think it's Amalekiah, who's this dissident Nephite that rises in the ranks of the Lamanites, and he's going against the Nephites. And uh the Nephites have expected this, and so they've reinforced their cities. And uh Amalekiah gets to this city, and uh he sees that what was previously the weakest city. In the in the nation uh has suddenly become this great fortress this great stronghold and they look at it and they're just like um we're gonna pass on this one we're gonna go to this other city and uh and start our war there and of course uh the Sydney fights were expecting this and they had beefed up this other city even more than the first city and the lamanites get there And by this point, Amalekiah has made this blood oath to, or, or, or he's made this oath to like drink the blood of Moroni, the the Nephite captain or whoever. And uh he gets to this other city and he's like, Well, dang, this city's even more beefed up than the previous one. I've made this oath. We better just send it. And so they send it and just get annihilated and uh Anyways, I, again, I'm a sucker for the war stories. I just, I like the, I believe it's actual history. So of course it's tragic. Um, but I, I like the stories of, of how, um, uh, uh of how these nations were able to defend themselves. I, I'm kind of a history nerd. Um, so I get, I've given you two, I've given you a spiritual example That's right, and, and more of a, a, a war thing, but, uh, yeah that's but great. it's chock it's chock full of great stories you can't go wrong
0: yeah that's okay that's great dude i really appreciate it. you know i just want to say folks uh we want to kind of make a little announcement here that i'm going to be heading out uh next year uh probably sometime in february i'm going to be heading out to utah and one of the reasons i'm heading out to utah is why you tell me why i'm going to utah
1: well i'm we're hoping we can get you on our show i'm excited so we that's can great. grill you so we can debate you and really yeah. just Grind your theology into the dust. It's going to be awesome.
0: Yeah. And that's what Saints and Scripture is all about. <laughs> that's
1: what we do. That's what we do, right? I'm
0: going into lions' den, folks. So, you know, pray for me, fellow evangelicals. <laughs> so, David, thank you, first of all, for you guys extending the invitation to come onto your program. I consider it an honor and a privilege and a blessing. And I want to thank you for blessing me by coming on
1: my program today. Hey, thank you. It's been great.
0: So is there any final words you'd like to share with the audience? Or do you think we covered everything?
1: You know, I think we're good. If if people have questions for me, again, my favorite part about what I do is, is talking with people one-on-one. So please find me, just just search, uh, pardon me, just search David Snell Saints Unscripted on, uh, on Facebook. You can find me there. Shoot me a message. Let's talk. Um, I'd be happy to. I, I'm excited to get to know your audience a little bit more.
0: Awesome. So folks, I'll probably leave uh, a a link in the description to the Facebook page so you can reach David that way. And speaking of links in the description, just want to remind you, for those of you who'd like to uh, to, uh, financially support the channel, there are links to support us on PayPal, as well as Patreon, as well as our website, mormonbookreviews.com, in which we have all this wonderful merch and mugs and hats and t-shirts, you name it, it's all there. And I want to thank all of you who are financially supporting the program. Couldn't do this without you. And I just also remind you, the most important thing, folks, is all the voices of the Restoration will be heard here on Mormon Book Reviews.